Train Sports Talk Podcast. Your host and conductor of the train, Anthony Smith. That's right. This train is building up ahead of steam each and every day that we are on. So what I want you to do is grab your ticket, get on board, enjoy the ride. This train is going to take you on a journey, turn some corners, and maybe pick up a few passengers along the way. So what do we have on tap for today's episode? Even I don't know that. So the best way to find out is tune in and enjoy the ride of the A-Train Sports Talk podcast with your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. And we're about ready to get this train on the track. So stay tuned. It's the A-Train Sports Talk podcast with your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. You're listening to the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. Welcome to the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. We are on the eve of playoff football. Also, can you believe we actually have playoff Monday night football? Who would have thought we'd be saying playoff football on a Monday? Well, I hope you got your ticket. I hope you're seated. I hope you're strapped in and ready to enjoy this ride. We get ready to take you on a journey. Sports journey. No passengers today. But we are going to take you on a journey. It is the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, and there are some things I want to get into. Some things of interest. There's a game tomorrow. Why it isn't a primetime game, I don't know. It seems like it would be. It kind of renews a rivalry of playoff magnitude. And we already know Dwight Clark, Deion Sanders, Michael Irving, Troy Aikman, Steve Young. We know those guys are not walking back in the building. Well, they may walk into the stadium, but they're not suiting up, getting on the fields. If those names didn't sound familiar, yeah, we're talking 49ers, Cowboys. But there's a report that has surfaced that I think is of interest. Mike McCarthy could be on hot seat with early playoff loss. Interesting. What's even more interesting is the timing of this story and the fact that one of your coordinators is really being looked at. Well, the Dallas Cowboys won 12 games in 2021 and an NFC East title, but a new report suggests that may not be enough to keep Coach Mike McCarthy employed. Cowboys owner Jerry Jones, there go that name again, could consider a coaching change if the team falls early in the playoffs. According to Jason Lockenfora of CBS Sports, 
Sources told Lock and Ford that Jones could likely at least consider a change if Dallas falls in the wild card round. If the Cowboys do make a change, it is reportedly likely that they would promote from within. The Jones family is known to be enamored with offensive coordinator Kelly Moore. Kellen Moore. And so are a whole lot of other people, or at least it appears that way. And we'll hate to see the Cowboys lose more to another team. This sounds so Jerry Jones. Any change would certainly look harsh for McCarthy, especially after the team jumped to 12-5 and after going 6-10 and in his first year. While change seems like an unlikely outcome, there is precedent. Jones went out of his way to keep Jason Garrett before promoting him to head coach in 2010. McCarthy could be a casualty if the owner opts to take a similar path with more. There's just a little bit right there. I'm going to get into some more NFL news. But a story that has caught my attention. Can someone please tell me what the hell is going on with the NBA? Please, somebody tell me. I laughed when I seen this. Cold as ice. NBA told Kings to stop trolling Russell Westbrook with song. NBA continues to get softer by the day. The Sacramento Kings trolled the heck out of Russell Westbrook on Wednesday night by playing a song called Cold as Ice. The song had a special meaning toward Westbrook, who has been cold from the field and struggling with his shot. Westbrook fired back against the Kings by pointing out how well he played previously in his career, suggesting they're being opportunistic. Whatever the case is, it doesn't look like the Kings will be able to get away with the stunt any longer. KXTV's Sean Cunningham reported on Thursday that the NBA told the Kings to cut it out and that they were and that what they were doing couldn't continue. Sean Cunningham tweeted this out. As much fun as it was to see a visiting player like Russell Westbrook of the Los Angeles Lakers last night identified as the cold as ice cold as ice player of the game a source with the nba tells me that the bit used by the kings will not be allowed to continue <laughs> right that's sad In an original post on the subject, it was written, if it were an opposing fan, Westbrook would have had the fan ejected. It looks like the same principle applies in this case. We've seen players take issue with mascot, players get fans ejected, and now we have trolling music being cut out. What's next? Will fans be required to sit silent during basketball games like their tennis or golf events. What's next with the NBA? 
Come on, Donald Silver, will you get your head out of your rear end, please? The NFL already has the moniker, not for long, no fun league. We're still trying to come up with an acronym for NBA. At the rate you're going, Donald Silver, I guess that's your name, Adam Silver. Your last name is Silver, whatever the heck your name is. At the rate you're going, we're going to come up with a nickname for NBA, and it won't be pretty. Let the organization have their fun. That is not causing any harm. I mean, it's not Sacramento's fault that Russell Westbrook can't shoot and hit the side of a barn with a red bullseye on it. Matter of fact, I may even have a song for Russell Westbrook right now as we speak. I mean, one thing is the NBA can't stop me. So, in honor of the Sacramento Kings, being told they cannot troll Russell Westbrook no more with cold as ice. Here is my dedication to the Sacramento Kings. You're as cold as ice. Russell Westbrook. You're willing to sacrifice. Can't shoot. You never take advice. Adam Silver. Someday you'll pay the price. I know. You'll pay the price when you start losing fans in the interest of the fans by being part of the cancel culture. So the Russell Westbrook who can't shoot, and cold as ice, Adam Silver, for not letting people have fun, you are what? Cold as ice. Adam Silver, Russell Westbrook. Yep, that's right. Russell Westbrook, because you can't shoot, you're cold as ice. And guess what? The NBA can't stop me from trolling Russell Westbrook. <laughs> Maybe what the fans ought to do next time the Kings come to the arena, just start singing cold as ice. Every time Russell Westbrook shoots up a brick, just start chanting cold as ice. NBA didn't say the fans had couldn't chant that. So I had to give you that because it looked like the NBA is beginning to be the no fun league. Anyway, I didn't ramble on for 10 minutes about nothing. Well, gave you Mike McCarthy news. Gave you what's going on with 
NBA and the banning of trolling Russell Westbrook. All Russell Westbrook got to do is just learn how to shoot or stop shooting and drive it to the basket. But no, what happens is he see King James getting hot from three-point land. Then he says, well, if he can do it, I can do it. Do you realize that in the short time that Russell Westbrook has been there, he's laid enough bricks to build a foundation up on? (laughs) Seriously. Golden State, no, Portland calls herself Rip City. When the Lakers come to town featuring Russell Westbrook, they call them Brick City. Or Brick House. Because Russell's going to lay some bricks. Guaranteed. As athletic and as talented as he is, he's also just as big of a detriment. And if I'm the Lakers, I'm looking to move him ASAP. He had a chance to get Buddy Hill. Not saying that he's a Russell Westbrook, but he's a better piece. I mean, he's not going to shoot you out of the game. You could have made multiple, but I forgot. Their general manager is LeBron James. One segment, one of these days, I'm going to do a segment on players that LeBron got rid of who are actually flourishing in other places. I think that'd be a good one. You look at Kyle Kuzma. Look at Lonzo Ball in Chicago. Very valuable component to that team. Those are just a couple of the names, how they are flourishing in other places. Out from under the shadow of the boisterous LeBron James. General manager and coach LeBron James. Oh, yeah, he does. You don't see that title attached to his name, but that's exactly what he is. He's the general manager and he's the coach. Whatever LeBron James wants, he gets. He wanted Anthony Davis, he got damaged goods. He wanted Kyle Kuzma eventually gone. He wanted Lonzo Ball gone. They're gone and they're doing better where they're at. LeBron wants to win now, and he did. He won it in the bubble. Now I'm like others who have said this. They won the Mickey Mouse championship. Because they had time to heal their old bodies. That's why a lot of people refer to them as L-A-A-R-P. LeBron is aging. Injuries are catching up to him. He's trying to stay in the league long enough to where his son, Bronny, will get into the league and hopefully play alongside his son. By the time his son gets there, LeBron James is going to be playing basketball in a wheelchair. Anthony Davis is going to be in there retired due to the fact that he can't stay healthy. Russell Westbrook, well, he's just going to shoot himself out of town. And at best, it's going, to time, it's going to be time to push the reset button on the L.A. Lakers. I know some of you are not agreeing with what I'm saying, 
But if you're looking at the same Laker team that I'm looking at, how many times has Braun been dinged up since their championship run? How many times has AD been on the injured reserve IR list? And even though they renamed the Staples Center Crypto.com building or whatever they call it, only reason they renamed that because it was a newly brand new building that Russell Westbrook laid the bricks for the foundation. I know I'm probably irritating some LA Laker fans, but hey, the truth of the matter is it is what it is. Deal with it. In three years, this team is going to be pushing the reset button. So what little bit of success, if you have a winning season, if you just barely crack over 500, enjoy that as a successful season. But you're going to come to the fact that you're going to have to hire a real basketball coach and a general manager that has a set of whatever you want to attach to. Because thanks to your current general manager, King James, you have a bunch of aging fossils. Their bones are so fragile, or so squeaky, I don't even think WD-40 could fix it and lubricate them joints. Anyway, I'm going to go ahead and take a break. i come back. I will have some more for you, so stay tuned. It's the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Yes, I went on a rant. Blame it on that report about the Kings trolling Westbrook. Be right back after this message, so stay tuned. The A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, your host and conductor, Anthony Smith, wanting to let you know that this podcast is listener-supported. That's right. Driven by you, the listener. So if you want to advertise or sponsor a segment, simply reach out to me at 316-553-2010 or hit me up at a.trainsportstalk at gmail.com to get your ad or sponsorship rant on this podcast. Once again, a train sports talk podcast, your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. You're listening to the A Train Sports Talk Podcast. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. 
back. Welcome back. Welcome back. It is the A Train Sports Talk Podcast. And I have more to get to you. As this coaching carousel has reared its ugly head, a lot of guys getting the pink slip. Still trying to figure out why they call it Black Monday when this pink slip's being handed out. So I'm going to call it Pink Monday. Yeah, I'm going to call it Pink Monday. So this past week we experienced Pink Monday, Pink Tuesday, Pink Thursday. I mean, coaches losing their job left and right. Some will probably resurface real soon. There's one name in particular. And his coach tends to think that this year he will become an head coach. Chiefs head coach Andy Reid says, I think this year Eric Bieniemy becomes head coach. What's become somewhat of an annual tradition as of late has begun this winter. Kansas City Chiefs are in the opening stages of what they hope will be a lengthy playoff run, but head coach Andy Reid, nevertheless, has to take time out of his busy schedule to address the elephant in the room, that is offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy, still not having a head coaching gig. Reed is often going to bat for Bieniemy, and did so again during Friday's media availability. It disappoints me that someone hasn't hired him, Reed said of the 52-year-old, according to Michael David Smith, a pro football talk. I think this year he's going to end up with one. The enemy remains one of the most respected coordinators in the NFL and per ESPN stats helped the Chiefs finish the 2021 regular season third in total yards, 396.8 and fourth in points, 28.2 per game. He explained over the summer, he wasn't frustrated about not yet being a head coach, neither in the NFL or at the college level. And he was linked with USC Trojans back in September. If he doesn't get an offer, there is a serious problem in this league, five-time Pro Bowl cornerback Richard Sherman said of the enemy during the latest edition of his podcast. The Pittsburgh Steelers is the only following the week's events. Mike Tomlin of the Pittsburgh Steelers is the only black head coach in the NFL. The enemy could help change that stunning statistic, but only if a franchise give him an opportunity whenever his work with the Chiefs is finished this postseason. Speaking of Richard Sherman, Richard Sherman says NFL has serious problems if Eric Bieniemy isn't made a head coach. Eric Bieniemy has been the offensive coordinator of the Kansas City Chiefs since 2018, but despite two trips to the Super Bowl during his tenure and an NFL MVP award for Patrick Mahomes, he still hasn't become a head coach. Bieniemy 52 has reportedly received interest in the last week from the Denver Broncos for their coaching vacancy, but a year ago he was interviewed by 
the Atlanta Falcons, Detroit Lions, Jacksonville Jaguars, Los Angeles Chargers, and New York Jets. And he received none of those jobs. If he doesn't get an offer, there is a serious problem in his league. Five-time Pro Bowl cornerback Richard Sherman said on his podcast Thursday via PFF. There were just three black coaches in the NFL in 2021 season. But now there's only one, Mike Thompson of the Pittsburgh Steelers. After the Miami Dolphins and Houston Texans fired Brian Flores and David Culley, respectively. After, after early season struggles, the Chiefs still managed to finish fourth in the NFL in points scored and third in total offense. Kansas City earned the second seed in the AFC and will host the seventh seed Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday night. So that brings us up to playoff football. And yes, we are going to look at Kansas City, Pittsburgh. It is said that the the Pittsburgh Steelers don't have a chance. What if I told you, though, that there are three factors that could lead to the Steelers' upset over the Chiefs in the playoffs? Would you at least take the time to listen? Well, if you listen to this podcast, what choice do you really have except to hit the skip button and listen to somebody else's? But I'm pretty sure somebody else is saying the same thing. But at the end of the day, this is probably the outcome they'll get. <laughs> but there are three factors that could lead to a ups, to a Steelers upset over the Chiefs in the playoffs. The Pittsburgh Steelers could not have a more difficult task in the wild card round. But these three factors could potentially lead to an upset this time around. While everything went right for the Pittsburgh Steelers in order to miraculously be handed a playoff berth this year, they couldn't ask for a more daunting matchup than playing the red-hot Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead Stadium in the wild-card round of the playoffs. Obviously, there are 18 NFL teams that were killed just for a chance to get into the tournament, but escaping the first round of the playoffs seems like a nearly impossible task. Pittsburgh will have to play some mistake-free football if they want to have a chance at it in this contest. But these three factors could potentially help the Steelers be an upset win this time around. Steelers could get Juju Smith-Schuster back. What a pleasant surprise this was. A week ago, there was hardly a whisper about Juju Smith-Schuster. Now, it looks like the former Pro Bowl wide receiver will be ready to suit up for the first time since suffering a shoulder injury back on October the 16th, NFL Network's Ian Rappaport reports. While it's unfair to expect too much from a wide receiver who has been out of commission for roughly three months, we have seen the impact Juju can have when it comes to moving the chains in clutch moments. Though he probably will be eased into action, Smith-Schuster offers another quality weapon that could give them about as much of a chance against one of the NFL's most high-powered offense. Juju's welcome addition back to the field doesn't mean that the Steelers are guaranteed to have success through the air, but this will give them a much better lineup in 11 personnel instead of being forced 
to rely on Ray Ray McLeod as a safety valve in big moments. The combination of Smith-Schuster, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, and Pat Friermuth is exactly what the doctor ordered for an all-important playoff game. Factor number two. The Steelers get a healthy T.J. Watt. It was very clear to see that T.J. Watt was not up to full speed the last time these two teams met in Week 16 of the 2021 season. Two weeks prior, Watt was deemed up against the Minnesota Vikings and left the contest after just 25 snaps. Though he was able to play more or less a full game in a huge win against the Titans in Week 15, Watt was banged up once again versus Kansas City and left roughly halfway through the game the following week. While his injuries have all been minor this year, nagging, groin, hip, and knee ailments have caused setbacks on what still turned out to be a remarkable record-setting season. Now, T.J. Watt claims that he feels a good amount better, this time around than when he played the Chiefs three weeks ago. While this might seem like small potatoes, Watt is clearly a generational game record, and the Steelers are 9-2 on the season when he is able to play at least 40 snaps. With a dominant Watt in peak condition, the Chiefs are going to have their hands full and will be forced to draw extra help on his side. If Watt can get to Patrick Mahomes a few times early and get them uncomfortable, that could be a massive variable that the Steelers didn't have the last time these two teams played. And number three, Steelers have a QB playing top-notch football. Akilah Witherspoon has played 70 to 92% of defensive snaps in five of the last six games for the Steelers. Ironically, the only time he played less than this was against the Chiefs three weeks ago. Pittsburgh should be wise enough not to make that mistake the second time around. In week 16, against Kansas City, Witherspoon saw the field for just 27 defensive snaps, 39%. This number no doubt dipped because Joe Hayden was making strides as he returned from an injury. However, the Steelers ought to know that Witherspoon is the better player at this point. Since week 12, Aquilo has been one of the best cornerbacks in the league earning three interceptions and nine pass defenses during his span while not allowing a touchdown. On the season, Witherspoon has surrendered just a 35.1 passer rating via pro football reference, one of the very best in the league. Though Hayden is still probably more trustworthy in zone coverage, Witherspoon has elite size, length, and athletic traits that could help give the Steelers a honest give the Steelers a boost against one of the most high-powered offenses in football. Pittsburgh needs to leave him on the field all game this week and to help slow down Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. So there are the Pittsburgh Steelers outside shot pulling off the upset against Kansas City Chiefs. Well, I'm going to take another break right here, and when I come back, I will come and wrap this session up and bring this train to the station. 
Yours truly, Anthony Smith, A Train Sports Talk Podcast. train sports talk podcast buckle up and enjoy the ride welcome back to the a train sports talk podcast my final segment as i get ready to this train back into the station. You've heard everything that I've went through. Would Jerry Jones, not that it matters what we think or anything like that, but would Jerry Jones be justified in making a coaching change if the Cowboys should lose their opening round playoff game, which is the wild card game? to the San Francisco 49ers. This just feels so much like a Jones move that if the Cowboys make an early exit, that he could part ways with McCarthy. I mean, McCarthy somewhat came into the season on a hot seat anyway. Quiet as it's kept. And now it's looking like a 12 and 5 season still might not be enough based on reports. And we've been through the same swan song and dance, how he does everything in his power to keep a highly touted offensive coordinator around and eventually finds a way to get rid of the head coach and promote. This is what the Cowboys do. This is. The, the Cowboys in their coaching rank is equivalent to a baseball team and their farm club system. They bring players up through the ranks from the minor leagues to eventually they get to the major leagues. If in, in essence, that's what Jerry Jones is doing. He knows he has a hot up and up and coming offensive coordinator that everybody wants or if you listen to the media, it appears that everybody wants him. How much do they want him? I don't know. What If he becomes a head coach, would he have the same weapons that he has here in Dallas to work with? I mean, let's take a this, look at this situation. The only reason Carson Wentz right now is in, the, is, in, is in Indianapolis is because of the success he had, regular season success. Let me underline that. Regular season success that he had under Frank Wright. He was never successful in the playoffs. Why? He didn't get to play. Why? Because he was injured. Which is why come right now, Chris Ballard, GM for the Colts, 
It's non-committal on him right now. So that being said about Kellen Moore, of course, him being wanted by a lot of teams, look at the weapons he has to work with. He has a Dak Prescott. He has a Tony Pollard. He has a Zeke Elliott. He has a Mari Cooper. He has a C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, uh, the kid that shined last week. I can't think of his name right now. Got backups coming. I mean, yes, he has been given the ingredients to work with. I, I used this reference on my podcast earlier this week that if you look at the Texan situation, they were told to make a chef salad, but weren't given the ingredients to make it with except a big old bowl of lettuce. Well, in Dallas, Kellen Moore has all the ingredients to make a chef salad. Besides just the bowl of lettuce, he has all the other ingredients, all the toppings. He has the receivers. He has the quarterback. He has the running back. He has the offensive line. He has the matter of fact. I heard on another interview, someone was talking to, I can't think of that reporter's name out of Dallas. The only reason McCarthy has done such a good job is because basically he has stayed out the way. He let the offensive offensive coordinator run the offense. He let the defensive coordinator run the defense. So if the Cowboys lose to the 49ers, Will we be saying, na-na-na-na, na-na-na-na, hey, 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 goodbye to Mike McCarthy with Kellen Moore as your head coach? Which, in essence, if Dan Quinn doesn't get a job during the offseason, he would most likely be defensive coordinator and most likely possible associate head coach because that's what the Jones family So now, if you're a Dallas fan, as much as you want to make a deep run, let me give this to you. Do you want to see Dallas make a deep run, or do you want to see Kellen Moore as your coach? It's kind of almost like pick your poison. I'm not going to give an answer, because I don't want the general public to be swayed by what I think they should do. Even though I think it may be wrong just to can the man just like that. I mean, he gave you a successful season, gave you a glimmer of hope, gave you something to build on for the following season. I also have to understand this is the Jerry Jones way. Hell, let's go back some years, way back. What we're going to do is go back, way back. You got rid of the most successful coach that you could have possibly had. You could have had a dynasty when you let Jimmy Johnson go because of philosophical differences. But you were winning. So, yes, I'm going to say it like this. This is not me giving you an answer, but this is me giving you the honest to God, straight up facts. Could we see the end and demise of Mike McCarthy if they lose to the 49ers? Yes, I can see that happening. When you know Jimmy, when you know Jerry Jones's track record. If you let go of a Jimmy Johnson, it wouldn't be nothing for him to let go of. Mike McCarthy. The Eric B. Enemy situation. His coach thinks that this is the year he'll get a job. 
I can tell you right now, he does not want to face his boss two times a year. So I'm ruling out Denver. So what would be another landing spot? Can't say the Texans. That'd be another situation where you have nothing to work with and you don't know the situation of your quarterback. And a coach and a quarterback most definitely have to be on the same page. And if you don't have no quarterback, you just basically have a car with no engine. So I don't see him going to the Texans. So there is the the Chicago opening. Jacksonville is a mess. Yet that's another young and up-and-coming quarterback. The Raiders is opening up most likely that I don't know, but if it should open, that could be a possibility. But then again, you have to face your former boss twice. That would just add more fuel to the Kansas City, Las Vegas, sorry. That would just add more fuel to the Kansas City, Las Vegas rivalry. But here's a thought right here. There was a coach here in Wichita, Kansas, by the name of Greg Marshall, when approached by multiple schools about their head coaching positions. He basically said like this in a nutshell, why mess with happy? I'm winning here, and I'm happy here. Maybe Eric Bieniemy is happy in Kansas City while we're making a big fuss. Yes, I get the narrative. Since the happenings of last week, we're down to one black head coach in the NFL a narrative that still has to change. But who's to say that Eric B. Enemy and some will see it as a step down? Who's to say that he's not interested in coaching at an HBCU school? Yes, I had to bring that up. Why did I bring it up? Because reports came out that Jerry Rice. Yes, that's right. The great Jerry Rice could possibly be looking at coaching at an HBCU school. So we have Eric Bieniemy linked to this job, this job, this job. But of course, look at the interviews he had last year and still didn't get hired. He was linked to USC Trojans. Lincoln Riley linked up with USC. So maybe some will see this as a step down. Who's to say he's not linked to an HBCU school? I know to some, y'all would say, that's a letdown. He's selling himself short. He could do better than that. But if you're not given an opportunity, maybe this is the only way he can shine. And maybe he can do exactly what Dion is doing. And wherever he goes, he can build something there as well, too. I'm just saying, you have to look at the big picture. See, the reason we don't see all the details of the big picture, we're standing too close to the picture. But when you stand back, then you can see all the details. The only person I really haven't heard say anything I've heard, what Richard Sherman had to say, who's showing that he's upset about the fact that this man doesn't have a job. Andy Reid says he will get a job this year. The only one I haven't really heard say anything, and it was quoted in an article that he's not frustrated. So maybe he's happy where he's at. Why come we can't be content with him? 
Well, my time is coming to a close here. I have to wrap this up. But it's the A Train Sports Talk podcast. I'm glad you have listened. And hopefully, you will leave me some feedback. I will put a poll question out. And I think what I want to do is I want to leave you with what's soon to become a segment. Yes, I want to tease you again. Because as you know, I will be debuting a new segment most likely next Saturday called the Halftime Show. And this right here is what you can look forward to hearing on the Halftime Show. Yes, it's the sounds of the band. It's the sounds of the South. It's the sounds of the HBCU. It's the sounds of the halftime show. That's what you can expect next week as I will be debuting the halftime show, which will consist of the sounds of one band versus the sounds of another band, where you, the listening audience, will get a chance to judge and cast your vote on who was the best sounding band. Yes, all that is coming up next week on A-Train Sports Talk Podcast with your host and conductor Anthony Smith. So make sure next week, next Saturday, you grab your ticket and get on board as we take you to a journey down south so you can experience the band. The Halftime Show. Until next time, be blessed. Yours truly, Anthony Smith, your host and conductor. I'm out of here.